0: Hey, everybody. This is Greg Valentine, and welcome to this week's 7-Day Fat Loss Call. We've got some really cool training information for you this week, a couple of research studies, and, of course, our transformation tips that are going to help you get seven more days of fat burning this week. Now, I'm actually going to call this week's 7-Day Guide the Celebration Call because it's going to start with, you know, this weekend I'm actually going to Vince Del Monte's wedding, so that's going to be a big celebration, and then next week we're going to have July 1st which in Canada is Canada Day, so that's a big celebration here. And then, of course, we're going to end off this call by ending on July 4th, Sunday, July 4th, and that's obviously a big celebration for our friends down in the United States. So everybody's celebrating, and for folks down under, realize that we've just hit the halfway point, and now your days are getting longer. Um, I know they're probably pretty short right now with your winter season, but they're getting longer for you guys, and soon it will be your summertime, so... There is always something to be celebrating, and of course, it's always the little things in life that bring us the most happiness. And one thing I was talking about with my friend the other day is that I told him, you know, he was going through a few struggles, and and realized I wanted him to realize that no matter how hard we think things are, most of us really have the easiest life in the world. I mean, compared to what things were like even 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, that was hard living. You know, 100 years ago, so. You now the irony is that in today's world, we actually need to make an effort in order to make our lives hard by challenging ourselves. So we do have things easy, and I want to make sure everyone keeps a pretty good perspective about how things are going. So let's move into this week's transformation tip for Monday, June the 28th. And, you know, kind of going along with that, you know, we've got to realize the correct perspective on life is a quote from Randy Posh, the man who wrote The Last Lecture, which I quoted last time and I told you I was reading and it was a very good book, uh, very inspirational. He had a quote in the book that said, complaining does not work as a strategy. We all have finite time and energy. Any time we spend whining is unlikely to help us achieve our goals and it won't make us happier. So just remember that, again, keeping the right perspective on everything, even if you have a bad day or if you're struggling, Just remember that things are still pretty easy for all of us and that, you know, as long as you continue to work hard and and make things better, they will get better over time. Now, this week's program is something that we've never talked about before. And, in fact, it's an eight-week program, so we'll also be talking about it in next week's call. But it is the Turbulence Training for Athletes eight-week program that I put together, geez, maybe in 2006. Yes, it's March 2006 program. And I put this together for one of my friends who was a soccer player. And so he had just turned 30, and he ended up, he, you know, he played very competitively here in Ontario, which is obviously quite different than playing competitively in, in Europe. But he ended up being the MVP of his team at age 30 when most of the guys were 23 or 24. So it is a very good program. You're going to strength train three days per week, and you're going to do intervals three days per week. So if you are an athlete, the thing to consider here is your sport, Obviously, with soccer, he needed more uh, cardiovascular endurance, so he had different interval training. If you're a football player, obviously you're going to want to avoid that interval training and just work more on speed training. And if you need to gain weight, then obviously you're going to cut back on those intervals. And and so, obviously, there's still a lot of adaptations you can make, or an adaption, sorry, you can make to this program. But uh, just keep in mind that it was built for an athlete who needed strength and endurance. And so, there was optional weightlifting in this program that sometimes he did do and sometimes he didn't do. But there's a lot of bodyweight exercises in there as well for mobility. All right, so you're going to do, again, the strength training three days per week and train intervals three days per week on the non-strength training days. So again, it's a little more um, frequent than most turbulence training programs. And I also put in that he can skip either day four or day six if you need active recovery days, if you need another day off from your program. And so make sure you have at least one complete day of rest, but if you need a second one, by all means, take it. And on your days off, make sure that you're doing some stretching, get massage, physiotherapy if you need it, and other active recovery methods, okay? Just make sure you're staying active and recovering. Okay, so workout A. Now, if you have a speed training program, I don't have one for you, but if you do have a speed training program, then you would do speed training before the workout, and speed training is not interval training. Speed training is where you're doing you know, short sprints or speed training drills with a long recovery period, so it's not fat loss interval training. So you'll know it if you have it, put it that way. And then the optional strength training portion was a deadlift supersetted with a dumbbell chest press. Now these aren't necessarily exercises that a soccer player needs to do, but if somebody needs to gain some muscle mass for their sport, and certainly you'd want to put those in there. The second superset is a one-leg squat or a pistol squat paired with a back extension uh, done on the ball if you know how to do that properly, if you can set yourself up, or using a back extension chair in the gym, or you can use a glute ham-raised chair if you have one of those in your gym. If you don't have any of that, you can just do stability ball leg curl. And then finish off, he would finish off this workout, you now he might not even have done the Uh, resistance training, you may have just done the speed training, and then this bodyweight circuit, which I also think is a very good pregame warm-up circuit as well. So you do prisoner squats, and you could do anywhere from 10 to 25 repetitions. Walking lunges, you know, 6 to 15 repetitions per side. The inchworm exercise, that's where you are walking out on your hands, and then you walk your feet in, and stresses your hamstrings, works your abs at the same time. And then an elbow to instep lunge, that's an exercise that is going to be a good uh, dynamic stretch, so a moving stretch for the groin and also the hip flexor area. So just make sure you don't overdo that one because if uh, you are tight in the groin, you can end up overstretching and that's not what you want to do. So eight repetitions per side and then a one leg Romanian deadlift, uh, 10 repetitions per side. And that's a good portion of a pregame up. Obviously there's a lot of other stuff that could be done in a pregame up, but those are some mobility exercises that will prepare you uh, for the game. So I made sure he inserted that in his pregame up circuit as well as it being part of that conditioning circuit at the end of the first workout. So that's it there. Tuesday, if you're gonna stick to that program exactly, you're gonna do interval training on that day. And we're gonna talk about the different methods of interval training that are in this program just in a bit. But for now, we wanna talk about our weekly research review. And for this one, we're gonna go to the Journal of Obesity And the study is called The Effect of Physical Activity on 18-Month Weight Change in Overweight Adults. So what they actually did here is they were trying to figure out, you know, how many minutes of exercise were best for weight loss. And so they had three groups. They had 280 overweight adults aged 18 to 55 years, so all types of ages here. And they had three groups. One did 180 – sorry, 150 minutes per week of exercise. Another did 300 minutes per week of exercise, and a third group was given literature, I believe, and told to increase their physical activity. Now, the other two groups were contacted on the phone to make sure they were doing this activity, and they weren't given any diet advice. And what they found was at the end of 18 months, the average weight loss in all three groups was about 1% of body weight, and there's no difference between groups, so didn't matter if someone was exercising 300 minutes per week with low intensity exercise; it really didn't make any change in their body composition because there was no change in diet. And what they found was, when they kind of, you know, restructured the the um, data and looked at it in different ways, they found that people that had results were people that actually made changes in their eating behavior so some people of course are going to lose weight you know with that average some people are going to gain weight some people are going to lose weight but the average was a very small change but for the people that did have success with the activity they found that those people also changed their diet so we've been talking about this for what seems like many many years now that you have to change your diet if you want to get results so that's more important than going doing up to 300 minutes which is five hours by my bad math calculation, five hours of walking around really isn't gonna get you a lot of results until you change your diet. And of course, we can obviously use much better training programs besides five hours of walking around. Okay, so that is the study for the week. We're also gonna talk about a couple other studies in a minute, but we wanna go on to Wednesday and we're gonna do Workout B from the Turbulence Training for Athletes program. And this one is more of an advanced body weight strength program. So you're going to start with chin-ups and dips, and you do two sets and go to um, your maximum number of repetitions, or you know stop one repetition short. Then you're going to do a superset of, or sorry, a circuit. So you're just going to do that upper body strength training circuit uh, superset, and then move into this more conditioning mobility circuit, which is jumping jacks for 100, then uh, either the ab wheel or... Uh, stability ball ab pike or you can even use the trx for the pike position i really like the trx for that particular exercise put your feet in the straps and on your hands and then pike your hips up in the air so i think you know using all the um, you know compared to using the stability ball i actually like the trx better for the pike and then after that you're gonna do spider-man climb try and get up to 15 repetitions per side then a cross body mountain climber so that's going to be you know, you take a little rest in between that to give your upper body a rest, do 12 repetitions per side, and then take a little bit of an upper body rest and do 15 close-grip push-ups, and then stability while jackknife for 15 repetitions. So a lot of exercises there in that position. You might want to add in an inverted row. So I did this program a long time ago, and looking at it, I know a little bit more now. Over four years later, I would put in an inverted row in there as well to improve that circuit. All right. Thursday, you're gonna do interval training. So again, we're doing the interval training on off days. So it's strength training one day, interval training the next. And Thursday is July 1st, so that's Happy Canada Day to everybody listening from Canada. And we're gonna talk about some of the interval training workouts that are in this program. Now, there's something called aerobic interval training that most people don't know about. And so when most people hear about interval training, they're listening to my calls, they're thinking about fat loss interval training. But there's also a benefit to doing aer- uh, interval training for more endurance type athletes. And so aerobic interval training is simply where you would do two, three, even four minutes at a very hard pace, a pace you can do for about eight to ten minutes, and then you would rest for an equal amount of time. So you might rest, you know, if you did two minute intervals, you'd rest for two minutes. If you did three minutes, you'd rest for three. If you did four, you'd rest for four. And then you would repeat that. With the four-minute intervals, doing them three to four times has been shown in soccer training research to be enough to improve the amount of uh, time that you're in contact with the ball in a game. And for the other ones, the shorter ones, two and three minutes, you might do those up six, eight, if you're a super advanced athlete, maybe even 10 times with the two-minute intervals for maximum aerobic conditioning. So. With aerobic training and with the cardiovascular system in general, most people think that in order to improve performance, you have to improve your heart and lungs, and that's one component of it. But the other component of it that most people don't know about is what's known as oxygen extraction. So the heart and lungs give you oxygen delivery, and the oxygen is needed by the muscles. But your muscles can improve their ability to extract and use that oxygen, and that's what interval training does. Interval training works on... The peripheral, which is the limbs, while the you know more traditional cardiovascular training of long, slow endurance training works on your heart and lungs, which is the central component of your uh, physical fitness. So that's why these interval training, you know, this aerobic interval training and even the shorter anaerobic interval training, like the thirty minutes, thirty-second sprints and twenty-second sprints, those work on more on the extraction of oxygen by your muscles, and that is another way to improve your performance. So that's what the interval training is doing here with our aerobic intervals, and that's generally the type of interval training that you're gonna see in the Turbulence Training for Athletes program. So for example, uh, one other thing I wanna say about this, the reason why we do those interval training workouts on off days is because these aerobic interval training workouts are a lot longer, than doing the short fat loss interval training workouts. So fat loss interval training workout you can be done in 15 to 20 minutes, but with an aerobic interval workout you might be training for at least 32 to 50 to 60 minutes of training plus warm up and cool down. So, you know, again these are not fat loss workouts, not short workouts for busy people, but they are for great workouts for long uh, for um, more competitive athletes. Okay, so now the structure of the workout. Five-minute warm-up, of course. Then you're going to do an interval training, your interval for two minutes at a harder-than-normal cardio pace. So, you know, it's going to be about a 7 out of 10 intensity with 10 out of 10 being running for your life, a 6 out of 10 being normal cardio, 8 or 9 out of 10 is what we do our regular fat loss intervals at. So it's kind of, you know, subjective here. Again, you if you're doing a two- or three-minute interval, you want to be doing it, at a pace that you can maintain for about 8 to 10 minutes. That's kind of hard to just estimate. But, you know, another way to look at this is do it at a very difficult pace and try and maintain that pace in each one of the other intervals. So if you're doing starting out by doing five three-minute intervals, you know, go and run around a track or run a distance that you can measure, maybe running around a park or something. See how far you get in the first one. Don't go too hard in that first one because you don't want to go really hard and get fatigued. So, you know, hold back a little bit in the first one. Then try and maintain that distance. You know, try and repeat that distance each one of the other intervals that you do in that workout. And if you, if you can, then come back next week, try and do a little bit further. If you can't, then you know you probably went a little bit too hard in the first one. <clears throat> and so you should reach more than 90% maximum heart rate at the end of that interval. And then you're going to follow that up, again, with an equal amount of rest just you're just going to walk around very low intensity active recovery and then you're going to repeat that and i would say in the first workout maybe just do four intervals but eventually you're going to work up to six intervals and again try and achieve the same distance in each interval and then you're going to finish off with five minutes of cool down and that's it now this workout does not have to be sport specific so as i was talking before about the uh, peripheral adaptations when you working on muscle extraction of oxygen. Uh, With the real intense 30 seconds, 45 second intervals that you're doing that I'm gonna talk about in the next workout that you would do, those ones should be sport specific because when you're doing something that's very, very specific to the energy system that you're using in your training, then you wanna be as sport specific with your movement because, for example, if you're doing a 45 second sprint and you're a hockey player you really need to be doing that on ice because you're going to be working only the muscles that are involved in that movement. So it's gonna be better for you to be doing that than to be doing rowing, obviously. Running is gonna be still pretty good because obviously most of the same muscles are used, being used. But this, uh, the longer intervals can also be done at any type of um, conditioning method. All right. One of the other interval tricks that we use in this program is with our shorter interval workouts. We pair each sprint with an abdominal exercise, and I've talked about that in quite a few interval training reports and videos that I've done. Where you can do you can do this with a fat loss workout too. So let's say you did a 30 or 45 second interval, then you go immediately from that interval into a plank or side plank, and then you you do that for a recommended amount of time, and then you follow that up with your rest interval. And the reason for doing that is because you also want to be able to maintain proper posture and proper breathing when you're training and working your abs. So, you know, if you're playing a sport, and I got this idea from actually talking to Dr. Stuart McGill in his offices, you know, he was working with an athlete who had back pain who was an NBA player, and so what he had him do was interval training followed by planks because this guy was just losing his posture in the game and was playing with a rounded back and because he was so fatigued, his abdominals could not, uh, you know, stabilize his pelvis, and, and he didn't have proper posture in that area. And so what they did was they fatigued his breathing, or fatigued him, and then his breathing rate was high, and then made him do these stability exercises in a harder environment, and that helped him avoid getting back pain from playing while fatigued. So that's why we use those ab exercises in there to get double benefit from the interval training. And then, again, just wanna talk about one of the shorter interval workouts we have. So the first workout, interval workout is on the Tuesday, and it's that long interval workout. Then the second interval workout is on the Thursday, and that's the shorter intervals with the ab exercises mixed in. And then day six interval workout is 30 seconds at a very hard pace at a nine out of 10 intensity level with 90 seconds of recovery, so we really want to get recovery when we're doing short interval training for athletes. We really want to get that recovery because we want the muscle substrate to regenerate as much as possible, and then we go. So, you know, in fat loss, we might cut the recovery a little bit short because we just want to get a lot of work done in a short amount of time, but with athletes, it has to be a little bit more structured. We really want to get more recovery, bring that heart rate down so we can work hard, as hard as possible in that interval. And so you're going to repeat that for six to eight intervals, finish with a five-minute cool down. Again, this workout should be movement specific to your sport. So, you know, if you're a soccer player, you're going to want to perform this outside running around rather than inside on a bike, which is still going to be pretty good, but it's not going to be as good as outside running around. And then other research shows that if you do more sprint training, but this might also apply to interval training, if you do sprint training in a slight zigzag pattern, you'll improve your agility at the same time as increasing your speed more than if you just ran in a straight line. So if you ran in a straight line, you'd increase your speed only. But if you do speed training with a slight zigzag pattern, you'll also improve your agility. So that's something to keep in mind if you're, more of a weekend warrior type athlete who's trying to get faster and improve agility at the same time. All right, so that's a lot of information that I'm kind of throwing on you there, but it's pretty good stuff. And so, finish off with Friday's uh, resistance training workout, and again, this one's going to start with speed training if possible. If you know how, if you know what you're doing there, then an optional weight training interval uh, superset of squats and dumbbell rows. So I mean that. You know, squats and dumbbell rows is almost a complete total body workout and you know, if you want to gain muscle mass that will help you. And then if you don't want to if you don't have access to the to the weights or you, you just want to do the bodyweight stuff, you're gonna do a bodyweight circuit next of uh either prisoner squats or Y squats or T squats, so anything that has your upper back involved, then you do something um a multi directional lunge next, so you do forward and then uh, Diagonal lunge and then a reverse lunge, all for one leg, and go through that circuit four times and then switch over the other side. Then follow that up with a Spider-Man push-up, 12 reps per side, alternating sides. Then a Bulgarian split squat of 15 repetitions, and then a one-leg stability ball leg curl to hit the hamstring, and then finish off with some conditioning with burpees, which is optional. If you just want to stick to the strength training part, you can just do the bodyweight strength training. And that's it. And then again on the Saturday, that's when you're going to do that uh, shorter interval training workout. So into Saturday, you know, usually we talk about some type of social support here um, in the Saturday session of this call, and so I want to go to another research study. This one is from the journal Diabetes Education, and it's a very interesting study, and it's actually called The Implementation of the Fit Body and Soul, a Church-Based Lifestyle Program for Diabetes Prevention in High-Risk African Americans, a Feasibility Study, and so this is interesting because I know a, a trainer who's trying to get you know, this type of stuff going in, in churches, and, and so it was interesting to stumble across this study. And so it was done at the University of Kansas, I believe, and the church was in Kansas City. And so Fit Body and Soul is some type of program that uh, uses a community-based approach and is modified from the National Institute of Health Diabetes Prevention Program. And so what they did here was they had 40 adult members of a church. Uh, put into this group and they were led by four ministers so you know the whole purpose of this was to see if the ministers could administer the health and fitness program if they were taught by the researchers on how to do it and you know would this be successful because you know obviously the researchers can't go around to all these churches but if you can teach the ministers to do this then you can help the uh, members of the congregation so 35 of the 40 people attended 10 of the 12 sessions, and there's one session per week. And so, you know, you already had 12 pe- 12% of people dropping out, even though the ministers were, were leading this. And even out of those 35 people, they only made 10 of 12 sessions. So of those 35 people, 50% lost at least 5% of their baseline weight, and 26% lost 7% or more, and 14% Lost 10% or more. So, I don't know if those are great or not, but I mean, you know, it's 50% of the 35 really had some results, and 14% had some great results. So, what the researchers concluded was that this pilot trial suggests that carrying out larger Fit Body and Soul studies in faith-based settings, using these behavior lifestyle in- interventions, will help these communities. So. Pretty interesting, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We're going to see a lot more of that not only in churches but also in corporations. as Everyone tries to help other people, uh, you know, get some semblance of improvement in their health and fitness because there's just too many people that are really on the verge of getting diabetes and and, uh, really serious health consequences. So that is some interesting stuff there. And if you're in a church, you might want to look that up. Again, the study is in the journal – diabetes education the may june issue and one of the researchers names is fields with the initials jz so you can look that up on the internet you should be able to find that particular study or just go to the blog at ttfatloss.com and look that up and uh, you will find that and you can track that down or maybe even contact these people and see if you can implement that in your community all right finally Sunday, Plan, Shop, and Prepare Day, but it is July 4th, so you'll have to do that planning and shopping and preparation the day before, which, of course, will be crazy because the grocery stores will just be packed in the United States. Um, so, good luck on that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what I wanted to talk about here was another research study that I found. The journal is Nutrition, and it's from the July-August issue, Volume 26, pages 727 to 734, and this one talks about One of my favorite topics, which is fruit and weight loss. So in this study, they had 77 overweight and obese dieters, and they had the researchers look at their food diaries over time, and they found that fruit consumption was associated with body mass index in an inverse manner. So that means the more fruit these people ate, the lower their body mass index, plus When people increase their fruit consumption, that led to weight loss. So the results indicate that fruit helps people lose weight, which is the complete opposite of this bodybuilding myth and mentality that is out there. And people continue to argue with me when I present study after study after study that shows these three shocking words for weight loss, which are eat more fruit. People just can't get their head around it. They think for some reason that fruit is bad for them. And it's always funny because the people that always say this are the ones that are eating this giant muffin from Starbucks, which contains probably 500 calories, and they say, oh, no, you shouldn't eat fruit because it makes fat. So ridiculous. Um, so, again, another study. This is at least a third, if not the fourth or fifth study that I have come across that shows fruit helps people lose weight. So, listen, if you're not eating any fruit right now and you're struggling with body fat, start to add some to your diet. If you take a look at an apple and a slice of bread, they each have about the same number of calories, but an apple is gonna fill you up more than a slice of bread. And, you know, that's a good comparison. I could compare like an apple against, you know, five M&Ms or something that probably is like the same number of calories. It's probably not five, it's probably more, but obviously you could eat M&Ms all day, not a good idea, but eating fruit is a lot better, so. Really, if you are struggling with fat, I guarantee you it's not fruit that is stopping you from getting results. So the more fruit you eat, the better the results you will get. I promise you that. All right, so that's it. That was a longer call than usual. A lot of information, a lot of uh, technical stuff and new stuff, and some old stuff, too, with the fruit, of course. So next week we're going to hit uh, weeks five of, and through eight for TT for athletes. So that was four weeks that we went through this week. We're going to go through the next four weeks. We're also going to go over um, an interesting soda pop study that I found, uh, interesting results from that, and also research on caffeine and strength, and then a must-read book from my list, and finally, my lazy, cooking, super healthy dinner that I make once or twice every week. So that is our next call next week. I look forward to talking to you. I look also hope that everyone has a wonderful July 4th in America and wonderful Canada Day here in Canada and any other holidays that you're celebrating around the world. And, of course, this weekend I'm off to Vince's wedding, and I'm going to bring you an update on that and how much fun we had and post some pictures. Um, he's really marrying a wonderful, wonderful girl, Flavia, and uh, he's a lucky man. I don't know how he pulled this one off. Uh, she's a pretty good pretty good girl. So we'll bring some uh, highlights from that next week. Talk to you soon, everyone. Have a great day, and I'm wishing you the best results in the next seven days. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com. Bye-bye.